0: Hot round, red seven, red seven, red seven. dot What? Red seven. I don't know what red seven means.
1: I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is going to work, do you? yeah That's what we call a sack lunch. Mm-hmm. Get me the ball. You need the ball.
0: Get me the ball. Get me the ball.
1: That's going to make the difference between winning and losing. Yeah!
0: Welcome into episode 111 of 11 Personnel. Wow, five ones across the board. (laughs) It's got to be a good omen. I am Nick Roush. He is Adam Luckett, and we're presented by our good friends at La Rosa's Pizzeria. It's time to try their new wings, and, you know, maybe have some of their square pizza, too, which is top-notch, the best of the best. They have you covered for game day, any day in between with over 40 menu items uh they're hoagies fries desserts pizza wings uh, well, I what could I've had a hankering for wings lately I don't, I don't know what it is but I think it's just I, I know football's getting closer yeah, I haven't I tried think that's all it is I haven't tried La Rosa's wings yet but I think I might have to break that seal for week zero
1: yeah it's game week uh it feels like game week La Rosa's will get you filled up um for any football watching whether it's college football coming up or NFL Sundays here in the near future. Mm -hmm. Um, But since it's game week, a lot of stuff has happened. It does feel like a game week because the new cycle is uh, rolling rampant.
0: It's it's gone crazy. So um, I I think there's obviously, uh, since the last time we talked, uh, a lot of things happened off the field. But before we get to that, because I feel like it's been talked to death to a certain point, we got to have some fun with our friends at the Alliance because, my God, I, you know what, now it, I think it's uh, Kentucky fans get mocked quite a bit for being these SEC kind of homers and go, SEC, SEC. Man, I'm just so happy that we're in the SEC today because there has not been a stupid I, – I can't think of anything dumber – And also more college football than the Alliance. The Alliance that it really is Jim and Dwight forming a a pact that has nothing to it. It is a handshake, wink, wink. We are going to be partners in crime together. And I don't think any of these new commissioners in the ACC, Big Ten, or Pac-12 actually know how in the hell college football is operated. Yeah, I'm still tr-
1: trying to catch up on all the stuff that happened today, um, but just some of my research before and what I've seen, they really could have handled this in just a release, a news release saying, hey, we're working together. We're we're going to try to schedule. We're going to try to use non-conference games. We're working. We feel like college sports is kind of going in a bad route, so we're trying to unite a front kind of thing instead of holding a press conference. I don't really know what that press conference kind of accomplished that they couldn't have just gotten over on a release, the news release. I think the idea of it, especially the non-conference games, um, is intriguing, like potentially getting Ohio State, Clemson, USC, Michigan, Penn State, Florida State, matchups like that in the non-conference, I think is good for the sport. Um, But this is all about TV money, um, to put it bluntly. It seems like they don't want – ESPN getting a dollar on 30 cents because ESPN paid for a 14 playoff, not a 12 team playoff, um, but they still aren't on the media, right? So I think they want to get them out of there. And then maybe the Alliance helps them and TV, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's with everything in the sport. it's Everything's college football playoff driven um, and TV money driven right now. And I think that's really kind of, they're, they're just, uh, they're just afraid because I think, you know, Sankey pulled a fast one on him.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. This is retaliation to Greg Sankey, his power grab with Oklahoma and Texas, and that happening simultaneously simultaneously with the college football playoff negotiations. They essentially, all three conferences also, by the way, were left in the dark. They were not a part of the quote-unquote working group that right. that that came up with the 12-team format. So they're saying, hold up, hold up, hold up. We are not going to let Greg Sankey and ESPN dictate this. Especially, I mean, there is a good point to be made. Like, hey, why would we just let ESPN change the format to make it more lucrative before their contract runs out? Because then, you know, they've they've got a steal on their hands, you know, if that's the case. But all of that aside, uh, it still was just laugh out loud funny to uh, the direct quote from kevin warren was if you've got to go back and look at a contract then you've made a bad deal but contracts are important it's like wait wait, 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 wait hold up hold up like you can't you can't talk on two sides of your mouth okay <laughs> like it, it, it was just so silly to think that this is all about contracts and money and yet this is not a contract and there's no money involved which may, leads me to believe like it that we might get some college basketball matchups out of this that are kind of cool. But yeah, about the sure. time that we get to the football portion of this, this will probably all be blown up and we'll be doing something new.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Like, I love the thought of it. I think the thought of it, it's kind of cool. But will we see the
0: execution of that thought? Yeah, without, without actually I, yeah, putting pen right. to paper. You know, like these college – You have 41 different athletic directors. You mean to tell me they're all always going to be on the same page without being contractually obligated to it? Like, no, that is not how how business works. It was very, it was a very, uh, a very big PR move by those three guys for sure. Um, But they ended up, I, I hate to cut you off, but you're right, especially in that if they would have just done a press release to just say, hey, we're all in this together. We're we're kumbaya between us three. you You're going to have to deal with us, SEC and ESPN. But instead, they went on this stage together, and they just sounded like buffoons. I mean, it, it is some of the most laugh-out-loud funny. I mean, I thought it was uh, awkward yeah, it, and hilarious at some of the, the press conferences we have with COVID and all that junk. This one, yeesh.
1: Yeah, I think... Um like Pac-12 commissioner commissioner excuse me George Kleofkov he's uh, the wild card i think because he came from a different background like he ran hulu um so yeah, he's kind of kind of this like entertainment Vegas background too. right yeah, so he's done like, in, some different scene, type of marketing and stuff he's the one to watch the ACC's president's uh commissioner was Northwestern's athletic director and then Kevin Warren has not had a very good first year on the gig in the big 10 and so, I, you know, the to those guys, I don't really trust Kliovkov. I think is a wild card in all of this. What he can maybe pull and whatnot. Um, so yeah, they can. I mean, it's college sports. Like you mentioned, the bag. Like Warren talked about the contracts. Like giving out bad contracts is what we do over here. <laughs> Like this is what we do. We give
0: out (laughs) horrible contracts. We pay extensions when you don't need them. Ten million dollars (laughs) to to,
1: to, to not coach. We have made Jimmy Sexton a billionaire. This is what we do. So I, I I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Um, We'll see. I mean that at least they're trying to, you know, at least not let the SEC run roughshod over them. And what I've been saying, it's just like the SEC is the NWO. It's kind of just in um, Greg Sankey's Eric Bischoff, and he's just kind of taken over this entity, which is college football, and now the WCW, which is Klioffkov and the other two commissioners, are like, "What the hell is going is, on? We need to is, take
0: a stand." Does that mean that uh, Sark is Hulk Hogan, right? Because he's kind of the face that they that he goes to the Big Twelve, but then they turn him back to co- well – See, I, I would say
1: Oklahoma is maybe Hulk Hogan yeah, in this scenario. Yeah, yeah, I think you're because right. Because they yeah. are the brand. They are the historically good brand every year. Um, Hulk Hogan's he was a baby face. Like, he was the the good wrestler. Everybody, you know, that was the guy who never steer you wrong. Um, true American. That was Oklahoma. Like, their athletic director was, like, be, you know, they talked about how he's best friends with everybody in the league. Super nice guy. They were always front and center with the Big 12. They didn't kind of – their cornerstone and then just behind closed doors boom they're they're going to the big bad sec
0: i'm really uh, like matt jones doesn't get to have all of the wrestling talk okay yes, well, we, we can we have, have 11 too. personnel
1: can have some wrestling puns <laughs> for sure but yeah i mean it's just going to be fascinating but you know right both, right both season when we go to the outback bowl give me the sec versus alliance chance Let's just oh, get it going. Oh when, man, when Minnesota or Wisconsin's on the other side of the Tampa <laughs> Strip, we SEC on one side, sidewalk, Alliance on the other sidewalk.
0: Oh man, uh, I, I am excited though that you, you brought up Outback Bowl. We get to start getting into big season predictions. I know Daryl Bird from the Cats Balls had a big eleven and one prediction. That oh was, wow, yeah, that was something. Um, we also, it's weird. We've had Chris Felica tooting the Cats over everywhere, and then most people. Over at the Athletics, 16 out of 20 riders had Kentucky going under seven. And yet, Kentucky's been kind of the flavor of the month as the second pick in the East. Ryan Leaf had them at 10-2 and two in second of the East. So, we're getting a lot of just all-over-the-board predictions for the Wildcats right now. Mm-hmm. I think we can save. That's probably what we're going to be doing this time next week is going through a game-by-game look at the year because there's only so much Louisiana Monroe preview you can do. Um, But before we get too far ahead of ourselves looking ahead, we do need to look back at what happened Thursday and in the days since. And that's uh, you've had just an off-the-field incident, and then you have another off-the-field incident uncovered. So uh, you all know the details by now, but six Wildcats – all six of which were pretty high-ranked recruits, three guys that were essentially in the two deep this year they were going to play quite a bit, and Andrew Phillips, uh, Jatan McClain, and Vito Tisdale, all were charged with first-degree burglary stemming from an incident back in March. It was one of those... I, I, I think for a lot of folks, there's uh, the big question, like, what, what took so long? Um, but... What we know now, uh, as of Tuesday, August 24th at 4.50 p.m., is that six guys have been charged with first-degree burglary for going back to a frat party that they were, kind of I guess, three of the guys were kind of kicked out of. And then Vito Tisdale was also charged with one endangerment for allegedly brandishing a fire on. Uh, there's been a lot of he said, she said, like it. Yep. We had the WDRB report from the frat guys that they have black friends, well, so they couldn't. Anonymous.
1: <laughs> so, well, they were anonymous.
0: Right, right. But the three guys who had black friends, so they definitely couldn't have started the fight by, you know, using racially charged language. Um, But, you know, there was uh So you heard that side of the story, and, you know, there's... It, it, it sounds really bad if, if what they're saying is true, but you do take those anonymous reports with a grain of salt, particularly when... You know, a lot of the if, if they were just beating up people, a they would have been charged with assault, and also it would have been a clear cut case. Uh, in in all of this, like it, the I think the biggest question at the crux of it is what happened between now and March that felt that gave Lexington police the idea that they felt they needed to yeah. charge these guys.
1: You have to wonder if maybe they got some last minute evidence in, or something like that. Uh, you would have to think that, or you know, maybe they just wanted to go ahead and do it. Maybe they thought there was enough there Um, or that, you know, I mean, we don't know. I mean, a lot of it's scuttle, but mm-hmm. I believe they have a pre- preliminary hearing on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yes. Correct. So by the time most of you all or a lot of people hear this, it'll be going on as we re-record Tuesday evening. So oh. I'm, yeah, we're, we haven't really heard like Kentucky player side of the story really at all other than kind of, Kind of source report type things.
0: Yeah, we we know that they went through the student conduct review process. Kentucky held them out for almost three months, uh, eleven weeks, while this was ongoing. Weeks, right? They got cleared. The frat got put on probation. So, you know, I, I mean, take that for what you will. Um, but yeah, we we don't know their side of the story yet. Either way, like it, it the burglary sounds worse than what it is, and I think no doubt for a lot of those guys it would be a simple like charges reduced to uh you know little misdemeanor and then you do community service yeah you know like
1: the the firearm obviously sticks out there yeah obviously that's the big one um that's the one you would i mean i guess they would that's probably that's driving this all i say that that alleged firearm charge right, i would imagine right, right
0: um and then in addition to that we had <laughs> Jason Rowley of WDRB discovered that Vito is currently on probation for a marijuana possession charge, which uh, I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't know we still had marijuana possession charges in Kentucky. And that's kind of been the attitude for a lot of people um, is that, wait, who cares? But it's, it's a, I, it wouldn't, his probation would not be affected by the other charge. So there's at least that, but, I, I think it's it's really just the the optics, and and that's a case that that's kind of what a lot of this has been. Is it's one thing stacked up on top of another. It's the assistant coaches getting arrested, um, and and yet throughout all this, Stoops has been uh, kind of confident. I mean, at the at the kickoff lunch on Monday, he said, you know, I know there's a few things going on right now. That we will get straight. I promise you. I love this team. Love these players. None of them are perfect. That's for sure. We don't ever pretend to be. But you're going to love this team. This is a fantastic group. There are a couple of hiccups that are in the road right now, but I anticipate we'll get through those just fine and get everybody back on the field playing. So, like, just what did when you when you saw that quote? What what would you? What did it tell you? Yeah, that sounds like he doesn't
1: think much will be there and that maybe the case could get dismissed kind of early. Unless, But then I go back to what I heard from him on Saturday, which was, you know, we kind of got to have to dig it. There's stuff we don't know. There's stuff their lawyers don't know yet. So we've got to kind of get all the information. I'm wondering if he got all the information by the time he took the stand there on Monday at the luncheon Mm -hmm. in Louisville and at Churchill Downs.
0: So obviously there, there. I obviously mean, you there's know. a I different mean, it's crowd all speculation, too. right? Yeah. I mean, you're talking yeah. to donors and alumni versus the media, but even in that conversation with the media, like it, there was a, uh, like when he was asked about the racial component of it, like he was kind of like he, I think at the very end, he's like, all right, I got to stop talking because I think there's a point of it where he believes his guy's side of the story. Right. And he's willing to go to bat for them to protect them. Because they're his guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: he said, I mean, he's, you know, he did want to go there, but it seemed like he was insinuating that there was a racial component to it. Right. Right. And that's Which, part of the, that's part of that. Like, there's a lot we don't know. And I think maybe we'll start to learn a little bit more on Wednesday when stuff kind of gets leaked out from that hearing. But my point, my biggest point is we really haven't, like, haven't heard on record what the player what the the player side of the story right we've all we've gotten really is the charges and the the anonymous the three anonymous people in the wdrb
0: story by eric crawford which none of them even kind of alluded to what could have caused the fight other than we just asked them to leave it's like i don't think they're going to come and like start pointing guns at everybody because you asked them to leave you know like there's There's more to this story. Um, And you know what? It could be a very dumb story. Uh, Like, I don't know about you, but whenever I got into scuffles in college, it was almost always over like a girl. It was always over something stupid. Um, So, like, this could be just one big, stinky, wet fart that's just wasting our time and adding as a distraction two weeks before the season. Uh, I know some fans would think that, like, the timing of that is unusual, too. Uh, I'm sure Mark Stoops is you know this is something he thought he dealt with five months ago and yet here's the season he's trying to get going and it's happening i'm sure he's a little frustrated by that point of it as well um but what he said about these guys will get to be playing you know eventually they are withheld from practice for now but we have 11 days to find out if they'll play in that opening game if they don't play in that opening game like it I think it's safe to say Kentucky will be fine against Louisiana Monroe. But uh, then you get into, you know, a Missouri game, you need to have all hands on deck, uh, particularly at a couple of those really important positions where, you know, uh, we we talked about it here, Jaton McLean, one of the more impressive offensive weapons Kentucky has. Um, So you you, you want to be at full strength for a game that can really change the trajectory of the season. Starting 22-wise for right now, they're fine.
1: But if some injuries occur, some depth is needed. There's a couple guys in there that they could really miss if they're not able to have them back.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, no no doubt about so it. So
1: for this year, I think they'll be fine. But, you know, long-term or if some injuries occurred, like those guys are important parts of of that mix um, for both cases, both backup-wise and in the future at health deposition, um, right. playing field health. So yeah, I mean, it's there, going to be something interesting to monitor. I don't think it's going to be a case where all six are going to get dismissed from the team. No, I don't think so either. But so we'll we'll have to see. And like we said, we'll just we'll have to see how Wednesday goes, and then go from there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. all
0: just playing the waiting game right now. Definitely, definitely. Um, and we're still playing the waiting game when just getting the season going. I know that from talking season-wise, like it. I feel like the team is kind of going into shutdown mode. Oh, yeah. Like they are sure. giving us diddly squat. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was, um, that's scrimmage, man. Well, we got the thing about last week was we got the open practice. So we got some stuff from that. Yeah. Um, and then you also had the Will
0: Levis news. Right. That but all then, kind of popped. And then Saturday was like, yeah, scrimmage is good. Both sides are well, good. And then
1: Saturday, what the, the arrests were, or the, uh, the charge, the burglary charges were taken up shouldn't say arrest the burglary charges were taking up most of that oxygen there in the Q and a, but yeah, they're uh, they're, there. Yeah. They've reached that point. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, so we're going to go, I mean, we've got a Monday, you know, Monday game week presser coming up with stoops here on the 30th. So, I mean, and there's only going to be so many questions they're going to, they're going to ask about, you can ask about old Terry Bowden and Rich Rodriguez and the Warhawks of Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe. So, we really just need the game to start. Do right, we get a de- right. I have a question. Do we get a depth chart? Because Illinois and Nebraska did not release depth charts for Are their, you
0: kidding their me. games this week. God, Jesus Christ. I'm blaming that on Scott Frost.
1: Too. Yeah, I think it's a Nebraska move, and then – And then Beal I mean, was uh, just
0: like, all right, we're well, not doing He's not doing it. We're not doing it. It's, it's thing, like yeah. the classic old uh, exchanging tapes, you know, like in yeah. high school. when it, like, Well, we're not going to, and it's like, all right, well, then screw you. <laughs> um, yeah. Because Frost has done that before. Didn't he do that with Ohio State last year? That sounds right. Yeah. I mean, just what a loser, you know, like he is just such a dork. Um, but uh, I, uh, I I anticipate we'll get a depth chart on Monday. We're not going to get a starter at that tackle position. That was something that I think all the media was, has been kind of trying to poke and prod because that's, that is like one of the only positions on defense. We don't know who's going to be there. Um, yeah.
1: When I watched practice, I thought Octavius Oxenine looked the best. But hearing them talk, they're probably going to put a Boulay out there first. I think Boulay, a body Fitzgerald.
0: Yeah, and, and then it's then going to be kind of rotate kinda, those guys.
1: Yeah, those right. two rotating plus Gibson somewhere in that mix. Mm-hmm.
0: But, so that yeah. other than
1: that, other than that, we know the starting eleven. Like Trevor Wallace is starting day one. Yeah, Chris I mean, Jones has been hurt. He yeah, hasn't he, been practicing. He's, yeah, and he hasn't. He's missed like what two weeks now. Right, and I, mean, I think he. I think he's supposed. To, I think he should be back. Like, I think this week he could be back, potentially. Right, right. Or Uh game week. But, yeah, Trevon Wallace is going to be your starting Mike Linebacker for that first snap.
0: So, uh, I I wrote about – I'm unveiling a kind of meet the rookies series. Basically, all the interviews we got with freshmen at media day, I'm just rolling them out this week as a nice little – get get you ready for the season now. We've got a precision – position previews over it. We did that for two weeks. Like, and I still can't say the damn position previews thought. Sorry about that. LaRosa's I've been trying. I just can't, can't say position previews, but Jagger Burton, he will be that second right guard.
1: Yeah. I got him a right guard too. on the offensive depth chart that dropped today on KSR.
0: So Wallace will be, I could, I could see them putting an or there if, you know, depending on Jones's injury. Do we do we anticipate any other true freshmen being on that two D? On defense? In general. Do, what which two freshmen yeah, on the yeah, two D. I
1: had David Wallaball uh L T two behind Daryl Rosenthal.
0: Oh, even ahead of uh Nasir Watkins. Interesting. In in the
1: open practice, they split the groups up. They had 10 with Wolford and 10 with um, GA. G.A. Ryan Fink. And Watkins was with Fink and Wallaball was with hmm. Wolford interesting interesting okay oh so, i'm uh, he's got he was penciled in my left tackle too i had chauncey magwood uh, backing up wandale robinson at z okay um, because i made i made the depth chart assuming they're, it's 12 personnel so i've got a, a z and an x receiver so i had epps or ali epps at x and then wandale magwood at c we just heard a lot of good things about magwood how he can play all all the positions. You know, it it kind of came down to him, and I guess uh, Rasan Lewis and Tay Tay Crooms. I just heard them talk more goingly, I think, about Magwood. So I think yeah, and I, he's and gonna I, be the guy there.
0: It's also the you maybe throw the freshman a bone because you know that this you know yeah. Probably Without the Mc- seniors to work right. a little bit, you know.
1: Without McLean, Lavelle Wright's running back three behind Smoke.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: No and then no on the – Defensive side of the football, Trevon Wallace right there. But I think that's that's all for the true freshman on defense. I don't yeah. think anyone else um, – it sounds like Khalil Saunders is poking around, but they're pretty deep at that defensive tackle spot. It's going to be hard for him to break right, in there. Right,
0: right, correct.
1: And at safety and corner, I think they've got some older guys there. So, right – offensively, there's some freshmen poking around, but defensively it's Trevon Wallace, and that's about it.
0: No, you're exactly right, um, man. I I'm excited to see what he can do, especially that he'll have some. You know, you there's some there's a little bit higher margin of error when you're with an experienced group against a really bad team. So if he's just playing without having to think too much in that first game, I can, I really think it can help his growth and confidence. Cause I mean, like, let's be honest. A lot of that middle linebacker position is just reading, reacting, yeah, you see know, ball, hit, hit ball. Exactly. Like just, just go get it. So, and I, and I know obviously that takes a lot more to know, uh, but if you can make it to where that person isn't hesitating, then, you know, I, I, I think that's good for his growth and how he can potentially play um throughout the season as a true freshman. So uh that's a, man you want to talk about a big recruiting win luck it <laughs> that one
1: Woo. and also yeah top 50 recruit per on 3 but also when i was digging in this depth chart like if you just look at recruiting star power like a lot of it on offense comes from the transfer portal when you look at juan dale and uh, Dare rosenthal but a lot of the like the better players you know, you look Will at Chris us. Rodriguez, Josh Ali. You know, yeah, I'm. I, I would. I'm just considering like guys that kind of Kentucky recruits: mm-hmm. Luke Fortner, Kenneth Horsey, Justin Rig, Brendan Bates, Isaiah Cummings. All these guys were three stars. So yeah, a lot of strong development. But you go over the defensive side, all three nose guards were four star players. Yeah, Marquand McCall, Josiah Hayes, Justin Rodgers. At in Josh Pascal, Trayvon Ripka, Zaminelli, um, all top five hundred prospects.
0: Four stars by most yeah, services. At, yeah. at
1: safety, Tyrell Asian, Yusuf Corker, both four star players. Devontae Robinson, <laughs> Devontae Robinson, by well, a couple, a couple places. Yeah, there's a lot of star power on defense from a rec- rec- recruiting rankings wise. And that's why a lot of times through the offseason I just had a lot of faith in that group because I just think they've got a lot of good talent there and a lot of it's experience. Where offense is a little different, it's they've kind of developed, and then these transfer portal additions were really big. Like, I could see us writing an article midway through the season when Kentucky's maybe, you know, doing some stuff on offense they haven't done in the Stoops era and be like, the transfer portal really kind of changed everything for them. Uh, when you look at some of the some of these guys, they, just the transfer like the portal percentage
0: of offense coming from right. the portal. Well,
1: it, and some key super seniors coming back. When you look at Fortner, Justin Rigg, Ali, those three guys that those three decisions plus the transfer portal additions, really may have ended up allowing Kentucky to really have kind of this uh, transcendent offense for the last ten years um, compared to others in the program. It's just something to keep an eye on, I think.
0: No, we will we will definitely be keeping a close eye on it. Just like you need to be keeping a close eye on all of the games this fall by joining my bookie winning season is back at mybookie.ag. And now is the time to get in on the action. First time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the power power to add excitement to the games you love starting with week zero college football odds boost, NFL lock of the season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on site to make this winning season your best ever with MyBookie. With an historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place to play than MyBookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so just do the smart thing right now. Sign up with MyBookie and use our promo code PERSONNEL. Use the promo code personnel to get your first ever deposit deposit match dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using the promo code personnel and making your first deposit. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Folks, put in $100. They're going to give you $100 a bet. Like, come on, just do that. We're going to have plenty of picks we're, we're going to run through all of the we're, we're saving up i know you'll probably wondering about our g5 team. we're going to save that in in and some more week zero preview talk for friday so we're double dipping uh to get you through the final week of the off season before it's game week in the bluegrass and uh we got to give a shout out to our good friend bti he does suck that this much is true um, but I, I really applaud him for having the perfect final week of training camp. Like it is the most talking season kind of post you could ever have. And that's ranking every single win and loss yeah, of the Mark the Stoops era. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's beautiful. So shout out to you, BTI. Now we're going to tell you why you suck at your job because man, uh, first and foremost, i just hate that stoops is in one game below of 500 you know like just wish you could get one more in there and if you have a regular season in 2020 you're you're there you know yep, no doubt there's there's no doubt you're there so um but we need to talk about the the wins and losses where he missed we've each got a couple of them um where he just completely whiffed on the rankings but first like it i gotta ask you there's three wins that are that stand above the rest. And then I I do agree with him that there's like three others that are close to that conversation, but uh, they all came in the same year. Yeah. So of the, of the three, which one, which one do you have as your, as your top game of the stoops era? Yeah. I think, I
1: think the citrus bowl win was the biggest win um at, at the day like the celebration was bigger for that florida win but that citrus bowl it was 10 wins um it allowed them to create that 2020 class um, that was the best in school history um you beat a top like 12 penn state team a penn state team that had been to a couple new year's six bowls um, it's new year's day it was the big event josh allen Benny Snell still announced they're not gonna they're gonna play when all that stuff was going on i just think that would that was the biggest win so I agree. I would probably have Florida number two over um, Kentucky, Louisville in 2016. But I do get um, get that because that's kind of when the rivalry turned. And really going through this list, like 2015, 2016 were huge seasons, um, both for a multitude of reasons. You had swings in those years, um, with tough losses, great wins, tough losses. Um, and that those kind of, those years getting through those kind of set the stage um, for the for the, the current run. I
0: think that the program's on. For me, like it, I, I I like, like, that is the exclamation point, but it's still not as high of a high as the Florida win. And some of that is personal, but I think that's what the Florida game was. It was a very personal, it felt like, um, I mean, you know, I'm not going to pull that. It's the Michael Jordan gif. And I took that person. You're just waiting for that game for something wrong to happen. But. Well, I mean, really, they should have ran
1: away with it. There were a few moments in that game where, like, if you go back and watch that game, you could easily talk yourself well, into Kentucky winning that the, 27 to 14. They had and that on it in the I mean, fourth quarter.
0: You can say that in the Penn State game as well, too. They should have ran away with that game as well. But, yeah, well, when Snell hit that record, just the foot came off the gas. Right, right. And they also but, benefited from Trace McSorley missing three possessions in the middle of the game, too. That's true. That's true. Now, that Florida game, they had the one drive where it was like a 90-yard drive that made it a game. And I think they converted like a third and 22 or something ridiculous yes. like that. Yes, just Mike like, Edwards dropped a pick six, too. Yeah, and, and that's when you thought that Kentucky was going to lose the game. Florida's going to come back and win. And, you know, and, and that's why I do like this because I think we can all agree that there's a top three. But asked, you know, my radio partner TJ same question. he responded with Louisville as being his biggest win because of just how personal it was, like how great it is to be a fan of the city of Louisville and beat Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that, that was, was a great yeah. Ever. It
1: was a great day. Four touchdown dog.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like so so you really can't go wrong, although I would I would take the Florida win. Um, just, be, you know, because yeah. of how much that streak just met. I, I don't – you can't get the Penn State win without the four-to-one. And I know that's, you know, oh, well, no duh, because of yeah. the bowl game. But there was also a sense of – like there was definitely a burden on the program's yeah. shoulders that is no longer on it, you yeah. know. Well, in the 20
1: – thing about the 2016 season is you had to play Lamar again. And so he goes out in 2017 and gives it to you. Um, that maybe be yeah. – kind of took that 2017 <laughs> season kind of takes some of that look because really what would happen in a perfect world, the 2016 season leads into the Tim Wynn season.
0: Correct. Yeah. But, but Kentucky instead... had,
1: to, had to go through the, another kind of a Rocky type of season there in 2017 or they head. Steven Johnson gets injured. You really don't have another answer. Mm-hmm. Um, you, your running game kind of struggled there for most of the season until Snell got going there late. Um, so there there was some of that there in 2017. And then it was kind of like almost a bridge here from 2016 to 18, really. Right, right. Um, but anyway, I did have – there was – back to the 2016 year. Okay. Uh, Though the 2016 win over South Carolina is criminally, criminally oh, low. It, it's he, It's probably the worst. It's th- top 10 win, at least. <laughs> because you have to remember where they were as a program at that point. Like they lose to Southern Miss. Yeah. They lo- go and get just housed by average Florida team on the road. I mean, it
0: was a game I
1: was at, and it was, oh, it, it was just looked like, it looked like Stoops was going to get fired. Vern, at
0: that point. Vern, it was his last game, and it was just, it, just a shit show on national then, television. Then you
1: play New Mexico State. The defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. Like Lee Corso goes on college game day and calls, you know, like the, like calls him like the worst defense he's ever seen.
0: Yeah. And I think it wasn't long after Stoops just was like, all right, I'm taking over the defense. <laughs>
1: it, yeah, it was around that time. And then there was just, there was scuttlebutt around
0: Stoops, and was he going to last going into that game? The, the the rumors of that day, it was surreal in the tailgate scene. A thousand people asked me uh-huh. if I had heard Stoops rumors. I mean, it was, it was you nothing. Know, I had, to, I had to go to a wedding. I had to miss the game. So I'm watching,
1: watching it on my phone at a wedding reception. And Steven Johnson's first start, you had no idea what you were going to get from Steven Johnson. The defense couldn't stop anyone. It was Muschamp's first season. They had gotten off to a decently hot start. It just felt like a game he had to win, and they ended up – they found a way to win it. Um, Benny kind of has – that was one of his moments, I think, was in that South Carolina game. Recon kind of comes in in one drive, and he carries the team down the field for a touchdown. And so it- that – winning that game just – that was just kind of a domino. Once that happened, then they kind of got rolling that year.
0: Right, right. That that game criminally underrated. I, I will say that I think BTI is right in that the Gator Bowl win years from now is going to be very forgettable. It's just a COVID year. Yeah, COVID year, you know. and
1: No one was there at the game. It was a Kentucky was in a transition. You've got Vince Merrill yeah. calling oh, plays. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Like, you it was, know, it was, the I thing mean, you can remember most is Brandon Eccles getting CPR. If you, you know, watched like, it at
1: like if you watched it at home, it was kind of a boring game. Like it was it would 17 nothing or something or 13 nothing there at like at the end of the third quarter before <laughs> NC State finally scored.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Kentucky could have shut him out. And then the fourth know, quarter got side. pretty
1: got pretty wonky.
0: Right, um, right. But
1: yeah, yeah. that's a that's game, where most people, I was there, so I'll probably remember it for a little bit longer. But a lot of people will forget about that game, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, the one that it really bothered me was putting the death to the air raid at twenty eight. Yeah, seen that, that the other the one guy, I had written on. on my list? Like, that's like, dude, not
1: the. It's not the greatest, but it's it should be a lot higher to hold a Michael Leach team without a touchdown.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and to do it and to pick them off six times, two weeks after they lit up LSU, like, yeah, you know, it, it, it certainly deserves a little more respect. And I, I would say this about his losses as well. BTI doesn't hate Mississippi State as we hate Mississippi State, or at least as much as I do, because I still remember how much that 2013 loss to Mississippi State sucked. Uh, I know that you're like – Many of you probably yeah. have let that one go in one ear and out the other, but that was Stoops That was almost, their chance at a win. That, that yeah. Is, and yeah. Yeah, that was a terrible team, and they almost won a Thursday night game. You know, Thursday nights in college too, man, that was a great pregame, yeah. and Stoops is just losing his mind because they call offsides on an onside kick that Kentucky recovered. That would have given him a ton of momentum, and that would have been – I mean, Kentucky still hasn't won in Starkville since then. Yeah, we'll get to the – the losses um, let's go ahead and do a Thursday night game. But I want to say this right. Like there
1: have been some like laugh out loud, funny wins. um, And they all appeared on this list. Um, Like the Tennessee game last year uh, was laugh out loud, funny, like how they won the game. The Mm -hmm. Louisville game in 2019 was laugh out loud, uh, funny. And then the, the leech game too. those three, just from a pure enjoyment factor of sitting down to watch a game for three hours, and just the like, especially later in the game, like the third and fourth quarter, just the like, you've got belly laughs just watching the game.
0: Oh man, and so was,
1: those, those for those reasons alone, I think should be higher.
0: I will say, the the Wolverine game in 2019, there was a moment at halftime where things were looking a little shaky, and yeah, because they
1: got that run at the end of the half, which kind of yeah,
0: but after that made it, it just, a lot
1: closer than it was. And then Bowden goes crazy, and then it was back to
0: hilarious there's no way
1: they're losing this game exactly
0: exactly um the losses it's that this list is like a painful reminder because like it's great to know that that southern miss loss that i had kind of forgotten about it and i had kind of forgotten about the tennessee loss in in 2019 he had so the thing that i don't get i don't get how that can be the third worst loss but yet 20, you know, eight, almost 20 spots later, you have the, the loss from the year prior. Where if you win at Tennessee with your best yeah, team in 40 those, years against their worst team in 40 years, you're going to a New Year's Six Bowl. Like, I, I know those, yeah, to me, those, yeah, yeah, to like, me,
1: those two kind of go together
0: because the 2018
1: team, like that loss kept them out of the New
0: Year's Six. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I know you can play the what if game, but Kentucky was ahead of Florida in those rankings all year long until that loss. And then they had the same amount of wins, and it's just – it's Florida. You know, teams are going to – what have you done for me lately in rankings like that? And so Florida gets one spot ahead of Kentucky. They go to the Peach Bowl and stuff.
1: And then you kind of – you combine that 2018 loss with the 2019 loss at home. Um, mm-hmm. It was a fun day in Lexington. It was, yep. They started to play better. That, that one – those two together, that was tough, I think. But as separate entities, I don't see how 2019 is that higher than 2018. I agree.
0: I do like that some of his uh, commentary. Like I don't remember losing to Vanderbilt in 2013, but he said, I attended this game and it was truly the worst yeah. I've ever seen the Kentucky team play. <laughs> yeah, for me, like that Southern Miss loss, Nick, that in
1: 2016, that's up there with any Florida loss to me.
0: Um, because, well, especially because they were up by so much at half, you know, going into halftime. Yeah. You know what that's I mean? That's the
1: first real moment where you had to think to yourself, well, it's like, oh God, this isn't gonna work. Like that's the first legitimate moment where he had to sit down and be like, seriously doubt if this was going to work, This the hire in general. Um, I think there was real doubt. And it, the whole Shannon Dawson effect, like yeah. he made the right move um, because really I had 2015. I thought he had the 2015 loss too low because to me, the 2015 loss was kind of good because it was like, all right, you can get Dawson out of here now. <laughs> like it just didn't work, It period. <laughs> In yeah. the story, he's out and let's start. Let's, you know, let's turn the page. And then you go out the very, you know, the next game and you have to play them and you, and you lose to them but in that fashion. I thought that was like, that's, that's as easily it hurts as much as any of those Florida losses to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, absolutely, Whew, absolutely brutal. I, uh, man. I, and to think that they were winning by – there was so much promise, so much hope, and then the rug just pulled out from Moni, Barker gets hurt, and just all of your thoughts and optimism, just like that, gone. Um, absolutely gone. But yeah, the, the, the
1: 2016 I, season was the biggest roller coaster this fan base has ever been through. Like the 2016 Georgia loss is on here. I think that's too low. That was a huge game, a huge moment. It's one of the best atmospheres of the Stoops' tenure. And the way he lost it was just brutal. The drop, Jeff Bidette touchdown turns into an interception. <sighs>
0: yeah, you had that. No, you had dude, that
1: drive late,
0: man. And that's that was your that was Kirby's first year. You know, mm-hmm. like and looking, uh,
1: yeah. In hindsight, that was your best
0: chance to beat Georgia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I, I hate almost recalling the losses more than the wins, um, but the the Music City Bowl, you know there's a couple of games in here where you're just really a play like a play away you know you have the Ole Miss extra point this year you have DK Metcalf Mawson on you you know you have all of these really close games and then you have if Taven Richardson can pull down that fade in the end zone you've got it so uh, I will give BTI credit there was a lot lumped in there but uh, some of that that pain doesn't resonate the same for others and I just completely disagree with him that Tennessee one that Tennessee locker room in 2018 too that was as deflated of a setting as I've been in. That was tough. That was that that was that was tough. Um, so I, uh, man, good thing that we don't we don't have to deal with these as many as often as we used to. But like it, I will say that I still when we get together next week and we predict how things unfold. I will be budgeting for one loss that Kentucky shouldn't have.
1: I think you should do that every year. I think that's smart. Um, The other big one, that 2015 Auburn game, you talk about atmospheres. That was a great atmosphere, and that's kind of the thing with the Stoops era. He really hasn't – like, they've gotten a couple last year, but it's not been as much as you would think, like big wins at home. That's one.
0: What's named the biggest win at home for Mark Stoops? 2018 Mississippi State. In twenty nineteen, Louisville, none of those had full crowds either. Mississippi State was close. That South Carolina was fourteen was close. But but if you were
1: there, that was a that was just an awesome event. It started raining. Um, Kentucky kind of pulled away. It was it was also
0: a nooner. Uh, The the Mississippi State having the big night. Well, I was talking about Mississippi
1: State, not Louisville. But yeah, Uh, you're right. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. but but just having the night atmosphere, the night kickoff. Mm -hmm. You know, the place is pretty packed. That 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 probably is. It uh, And and also, people, because McGinnis kicked the field goal and they give maybe more credit to that win than they do the South Carolina win for saving Stoops' job, um, it obviously had the heroics, but we do sleep on the 18 Mississippi State win way too much. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that and, again. And
1: yeah. also the 26, like Kentucky should have been up 17 in the middle of the fourth quarter and ran away with it. Steven Johnson has that fumble at the goal line. And they they run it back when things kind of unraveled on them like they deserve to win that game mm-hmm. um, so it was kind of worked out as it should have um but like the the uh yeah this the home wins is something he's not done like back to that 2015 auburn game they had it teed up on a Thursday night it was a great atmosphere and then they just couldn't couldn't get it done even though they they were they played like the better team they just had some blunders that kind of costed them there, but that's one, yeah. The one thing with Stoops, like he hasn't beaten Florida at home. He's only gotten one win against Tennessee at home. Um, there's just not been a lot of big home wins and that's the one thing they really haven't, um, delivered. And, and maybe, and it seems like they're due to get a couple, I think. Um, and with this home schedule, they've got a chance this year to get some.
0: Yeah. No, uh, starting September 11th, and then you got a big month of October. So, uh, Exciting time. And, yeah. And then plus the Tennessee in November. Yeah. No. Which yeah, any win over Tennessee of. is a big win. Oh, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, and I think everyone will agree with me that LaRosa's has the most delicious pizza you can order at LaRosas.com. They've got three locations in Lexington and a ton in Northern Kentucky, the Cincinnati area. And while you're at it, you can order some pizza while you're gambling on this weekend's college football games by downloading mybookie.ag. Get an account, sign up with a promo code, personnel. Like it? It's been fun. Um, I think I just missed the practice media op because they ended it early for heat. So you know what? Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're we're, we're figuring it out as we go, but still going to have a good night up here in KS office. And uh, still going to have a few more media ops uh, from practice before the season begins. It, it, I'm not saying that I'm bored to tears um, by it, but I am anxiously just waiting to get to the start. I'm going to anticipate you probably didn't miss much today. I know. And they man, just, I, I tweeted out here too, man. I, I didn't need to do that, but whatever. Next. We
1: reached, we've reached the point of the off season where we need the games to start. Everybody needs the games to start. We need a good tailgate. People need to have a cold beer in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. We need to watch uh,
0: college football. We need it, we need it. So let's hurry up and get it here. And we're gonna, I know y'all need some more 11 personnel. So we're gonna get out of here. We'll have some more to get you through the final weekend without Kentucky football for almost three months. Man, it's gonna feel good. It's gonna be great to get this heat the hell out of here. Ah, can't wait falls upon us thank you all so much for listening for Adam Luck and I'm Nick Roush remember go cats and go Kroger